Well, hey there, sweet teacher and difference maker. You have landed on episode number 19 of the Primary Teacher Friends podcast. My name is Tony, and I'm so excited to deliver today's interview with an incredible author. He is coming on the show to talk about pirates and what pirates have to do with student engagement. You won't want to miss his energy and enthusiasm for teaching and for teachers. If you're looking to add some awesome engagement and incredible experiences with your students. This episode is just for you. Are you ready? You are tuned in to the Primary Teacher Podcast. Now, if your job description doesn't consist of teaching little people to read, develop, succeed, and grow... You're probably in the wrong place. But if you do teach kindergarten, first or second grade, well, you're what we call a difference maker. And you're among friends here. And now, your host, primary teacher, content creator, and little people fanatic, Tony Mullins. Welcome, sweet teacher. I'm so glad to have you here today. Sometimes when you find something wonderful, you just have to share it. It's just in your heart, and your heart tells you, you know what? Other people need to hear this. That's exactly how I felt about Dave Burgess's book, Teach Like a Pirate. And I was so grateful when I reached out to Dave, and he said, yes, absolutely. I'd love to come and speak with your audience. So today I've brought Dave along for the show, and you're going to love his energy and his enthusiasm. I wish I could bottle some of that up and take a sip every now and then. If you've joined me very much along this podcasting journey, you probably know that engagement is one of my favorite topics to discuss because it's so, so important. Well, Dave and I share that love, and today we nerd out on all things student engagement. Without further ado, the best-selling author, Dave Burgess. you so much for being on the show. Tony, it's a pleasure to join you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. Uh, I love it. I've always wanted to talk to a real pirate. It's amazing. Well, here I am. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, So Dave, I want to know about you. Now, my audience may not know that you are an author of an incredible book. And your book is something I picked up about four years ago, and I read it through, and of course, it resonated with me, and I kind of let all that boil and go on. But just about three or four months ago, I picked up the audio version of your book, and I was just blown away by all the passion and all of your energy, and it really hit me really hard the second time that I wanted to implement some of the ideas that you share, and I want to share that with my audience of primary teachers. So can you tell us about being a pirate? When I call you a pirate, what I mean, and how did you come to this place? Yeah, so I was a teacher for 17 years. And during part of that journey, uh, I started to do professional development for educators. And I wanted to pull together a workshop that had the same, I wanted teachers to be able to feel what it was like to be drawn in by the kind of ideas that I was using in my classroom with kids. I wanted to model and demonstrate those things for teachers. And so, because if you think about it, it's a lot of pressure. If you write up a workshop description, 
description that says that you're going to teach teachers how to create a wildly and outrageously engaging classroom that has students knocking down the walls to get in, well, then you better have a pretty dang good workshop, right? If you're going to bill yourself as the engagement person. So I wanted to have some sort of theme. And I, so I searched, I came up with a pirate idea and people always say like, what does this teach like a pirate thing mean? And here's the deal. It's got nothing to do with the dictionary definition. Like we don't want teachers to go out and attack and rob ships at sea. This has got everything to do with the spirit of being a pirate. And to me, Tony, the spirit of the pirate is someone who is unconventional, someone who's willing to reject the status quo, someone who's willing to sail into uncharted waters with no guarantee of success, a risk taker, a rebel, a maverick in the classroom. So it's about being that that risk taker in the classroom and trying to push the edges a little bit. So that's kind of that pirate spirit to me. It's also an acronym. So the P-I-R-A-T-E of the word serves as an acronym to kind of structure the book. And then also the other thing, it's a little play on words with hooks and hooks are all about drawing students in almost magically or magnetically into what you're doing in your classroom. And so it's about all these whole series of hooks that you could add in with your content to draw students in. Ah, can't wait to talk about that. And even your energy is so engaging. I love to talk about student engagement. It's my favorite thing because I think it is the most important thing that we can focus on as teachers. So thank you, Dave. That energy is awesome. And I love it. It's so engaging. And thank you for covering a few of the things you talked about in the book. But oh, I just loved it so much. I hope teachers will pick up a copy. I recommend the audiobook because you have that enthusiasm in your voice that just carries you through the whole thing. But so let's talk about engagement specifically, because that seems to be the underlying theme of the whole book. It's engagement from not only the student's perspective, but also to me, like getting teachers more engaged in what they're doing. So can you tell me what in your in your definition, maybe your pirate definition, what is engagement? Yeah. So one of the things I say in the book that is some people have found a little confrontational is I say, listen, It doesn't matter what you say if nobody's listening. And so you can have uh, as many teaching strategies as you want. You have all these different, you know, you can know your content perfectly. You know, everything that you want to deliver to students. But if you can't deliver that in such a way that it makes them listen, that they will engage with it, that they will be empowered by it, then it doesn't matter. And so that's kind of like people say, well, but doesn't this take a couple extra minutes if I'm going to add this hook into the beginning of my class and all that? It's like, well, yeah, it's going to, that's an investment of time. You're not spent, it's not a waste of time. You're investing time to draw that engagement, which is going to save you time all the way through the whole course of the year because there's going to be retention of content. You have to spend less time in review. And so it always comes back to engagement. It always comes back to trying to to develop a classroom experience. I tell people, don't just teach a lesson, create an experience because lessons are easily forgotten, but experiences live forever. So Teach Like a Pirate is about how we can take our content, say, here's here's my content. This is what I need to teach, but how can I now wrap in experience around this and make it memorable. Absolutely. And so I I love what you said is some people may see this as a waste of time, but we see it as an investment of our time because we know the benefits of that. Until you've tried these things, you really don't understand the long-term benefits from your students. I've had someone say something similar to me. Now, as I told you, we're primary teachers up in here and we're all for the K2 kids. So I've had teachers, other teachers say to me, I, I like to add motions with my words. And I know you talked about that in the book, engaging with movement as one of the hooks. And a teacher says, don't you think that's just too many extra things for the student to remember? I'm like, no, you don't understand that they remember it better because they're doing that. So can you tell us uh, some of the hooks that you teach in your book and help us connect those to what we are teaching in primary? Yeah. So I've often told people that 
so I, I was a high school teacher, but yet Teach Like a Pirate has been embraced more at the elementary primary level than any other level of education. And that makes perfect sense to me because I think it validates much of your audience's practice. And so I think the elementary school teachers, primary teachers are already fantastic at incorporating that richness of experience and that hands-on learning and the movement and the projects and, and the music and the art and all of those things wrapping into, uh, into the content and also having a cross-curricular approach. And so when I'm talking to like a high school teacher, sometimes it's tough to get them to take their blinders off of their particular content area, right? But then with a primary teacher, you realize that, oh, we can blend, we don't have to study these things separately. We can blend and weave these topics together. And things like art and music, that doesn't have to be something that's just done during like a certain time of the day, or you go to a different room to do art or something like that. Art and music can be woven through everything that you do. Movement can be woven into everything you do. And it does help increase uh, not only engagement, but also retention uh, of the content. Uh, but, I, but I will tell you this. I one time had a primary teacher come up to me in tears after a workshop. And so I just spoke for the entire day. She came up crying and I was a little nervous about it. And this is what she said. She said, you know what? Partway through the day, I just started crying because it hit me. This is the way I used to teach. This is the way I used to teach before I let a lot of this other stuff, all the focus on all of the other things get in the way of what I was doing when I really thought I was connecting with kids and teaching in a powerful way. So for some of your audience who read Teach Like a Pirate, they might have that experience. They might read through these hooks and say, oh, like, I used to do more of this stuff, or I used to do that all the time. How come I don't do that anymore? So some of them might have that experience as they read through the book. Yeah, love it. I absolutely love it. And I felt that way in certain parts of the book. Like I've forgotten some practices that I used to have in place. So Dave, you're absolutely right that sometimes we lose focus. What do you think causes that pressure from teachers to let go of the importance of engagement and student connection and focus on other things? Why does that keep happening? I think that there, part of that is an overemphasis on uh, standardized test scores and the belief that you have to cover a certain, it's kind of like a very surface level of a whole bunch of stuff because it happens to be on the test. And I still think even now, this is something that's kind of a misconception about Teach Like a Pirate, that maybe I don't care how students do on a test. I absolutely want them to excel on their test. It's just not where I put my focus. I believe that focusing on creating powerful learning experiences for kids, powerful pedagogy is always going to be the best place to start, whether or not, and, and that's going to lead to better test scores in the long run anyway. But it's never about the test score. It's about connecting with kids and connecting them to their content. Like I always tell people, like when I'm teaching the civil rights movement, for example, um, it's one the, one of the units I'm most passionate about is, you know, from reading Teach Like a Pirate. And I say, listen, your students, there's two things. They can know what the specific features of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 are, or they can go out and fight for racial justice and against oppression and be for equity and anti-racist. Which one of those is more important? Well, you know what? Of course, it's the latter but it's the first one that's on the test, right? And so we have to, but we have to make sure that we put our focus on the right place, have our class embracing that mightier purpose of a life-changing experience for students. Absolutely, absolutely. We have to get back to those basic things. We have to let go of some of this pressure and some of that comes from places that are above us, you know, our administration, our district, our state. But unless we have that engagement and that student connection, we can't get to those things. So I, I really love how you said that. Now, something else that I love from your book that really resonated with me is that teachers need to think more like entrepreneurs. Can you explain 
explain that to me, Dave. What do you mean by that? Yeah, and so an entrepreneur is someone who sets out and uh, and starts something new, right? And there's risk involved. It's not always going to work out. And they understand that failure isn't final and that if they make a mistake, if there's a problem, that they can start a new venture. And that's the way I like to have teachers look at their teaching is that, hey, this is something that you're trying. If it doesn't work, that's fine. Try something else and have a little bit more of that growth mindset idea. Uh, we always have our students. We, we want our students to have a growth mindset. We have to fo focus that same sort of perspective on, uh, back on ourselves as well, of having that growth mindset. And an entrepreneur, if you think about what an entrepreneur does is they're trying to reach a group of people. They're trying to influence a group of people and trying to be persuasive with a group of people. There's kind of this tendency for sometimes people to look down on that, thinking that sales is something that is icky and marketing is something that is icky, but it's absolutely not the case. If you have something that you think can help other people, it's not just okay for you to share it with them. You have a moral imperative to share it with them and not just a moral imperative to share it with them, but a moral imperative to get good at sharing it with them. Like this is what I, when I work with our authors, sometimes our authors feel um, like they're being too self-promotional or they don't or they feel it's like a kind of egotistical to push their their message i say well, well hold on do you think that your message will help educators help kids like do you think kids are going to benefit if more teachers use your ideas in their classroom and they say well yeah of course i say okay okay well, then you need to do everything you can do to get it into their hands and get it in front of them and to be persuasive in how you push this message forward, right? And so there's nothing icky about that. We're in the service profession. When we get better, it just helps kids. And so doing things that will help other educators uh, improve their teaching practices is something that's absolutely, I, I absolutely look at it as being a marketer, a salesperson, entrepreneur, all of that. Yeah, we got to sell to our kids. We have to convince them that the package that we have for them each and every day in the classroom is worth buying. And I really liked how you said, are any of your lessons something you could sell a ticket to? I love that. And I can think of a few in my classroom, but I'm a little hard on myself. But you're absolutely right. Would, it, would someone pay to watch this? And we need our kids to have that sort of engagement in their classroom. So I love how you say that. Now, there's kind of two essential questions wrapped inside of the Teach Like a Pirate. They're in the transformation, the T chapter. And one of them is, do you have any lessons you could sell tickets uh, sell tickets for? And the other is, if they didn't have to be there, would you be teaching to an empty room? And so looking at your lesson and saying, like, okay, like if it wasn't mandatory. See, we as teachers, we have a captive audience. They have to come. It's the law. <laughs> in fact, it's the law that they have to come into our class, right? And so, uh, if they, but if they, if it wasn't that way. If they got to choose what they did with their time, would this lesson bring them in anyway? And so that's kind of a, it's a very high bar that I'm setting in that section of the book. But I'm saying that's a bar that we can we can we can we can go over that bar, right? Are every one of my lessons ticket lessons that people would pay for? Of course not. But that's a goal I can set that for every unit at least I want to have a few uh, in the TLAP community, the Tshaka Pirate community, we call it ticket lessons. I want to have at least a few ticket lessons in every unit that I teach. I love it. And so I, I'm pretty sure I remember you talking about a stu students coming out on a Saturday. So I'm going to tell you the primary equivalent to that in case you don't know. So some students on Friday, they'll say, Miss Mullins, is it is it Friday? Do we get to come to school tomorrow? Oh, I hate 
say that it's the weekend. And I've had parents tell me that their kids wake up in the morning and, and they're mad because they figure out it's the weekend. They don't get to come to school. So there, there's your primary equivalent to those kids coming out on a Saturday. <laughs> well, and that's a testament to the fact that you're doing an unbelievably fantastic job, Tony. I love to hear that. Thank you. I, I love it. It's the best compliment ever. So, all right. So I want to ask you this day, just for fun, if you could wave a magic wand and change anything in the field of education, what would it be? I think it would go back to what I was mentioning earlier is that I would get rid of this overemphasis on standardized test scores and understanding that what we're really trying to do is create better citizens, better human beings, uh, taking a more holistic approach to education, developing that love of learning. And again, so embracing that mightier purpose of being an educator as being a life changer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think that would be my number one thing that I would change is the focus on, hey, let's make sure that we're putting better human beings out into the world and we're creating a situation where students feel empowered leaving our classroom. They don't feel like they just had their head filled up with some uh, trivial pursuit answers, but they feel empowered to go on and, and tackle their life and make a positive impact on society. Absolutely. We got to show them that this life is worth it and that they can do it. They can conquer whatever their little hearts desire. So, all right, Dave, I love this conversation. I feel like so energized right now. Your energy is unreal. And like I said, it come all through the audio in the book. I want to close with this. And I know you know what's going on in the world and you know the educators are having a really difficult time. And I personally worry about teachers because they're so frustrated and they're so overwhelmed, but I just want them to see through this hard time and keep going. They have to hang in there to make those differences that you mentioned. So what words of encouragement, knowing everything that's going on for teachers, what words of encouragement and hope would you like for them to hear? Yeah, so I know 2020 is overwhelming. That's the number one word I hear when I talk to educators all over uh, the country, the world, is that this is the toughest year that they've ever taught. They feel overwhelmed. It's uh, no matter whether they're a first year teacher or whether they're an experienced teacher, no one's ever taught... at least recently in a pandemic, right? And so this is all new. We're all embracing that 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 being becoming a learner again, which is important. And so even in the midst of all this tragedy, which has surrounded the pandemic, I do think there are some positives that we can pull out of it. As I've seen teachers connect with each other and collaborate with each other, and there's a more of a focus on the SEL components of education, I think, since the pandemic hit. Um, and understanding that social emotional learning is so critical. Of course, it was critical pre-pandemic, but I think it's really put a focus and a light on it during the pandemic. And that SEL focus is not just for students, but it's also for staff, it's for our colleagues as well. So we've uh, had to see that we need to have a little bit of grace towards our colleagues, towards our kids, and of course, towards ourselves as well. And so I think that's been a positive that's come out of this. And then I also think that it's forever broken the paradigm that change has to be slow in education. People always say that everything, oh, don't, you know, education can't change fast. Like don't expect things to be able to change fast in education. Well, now we saw that change can happen overnight or can happen in a week in education. Unfortunately, it was a, it was because of a uh, disruption that we didn't choose. And again, there was tragedy that's wrapped along with it, but hopefully leaving the pandemic 
we are going to be able to say, hey, you know what? Change doesn't have to be slow in education. We can make, we can improve things now. We can innovate. We can be creative. We have this capacity. And there's going to be things that teachers are learning right now about how to connect with kids that even after the pandemic, it's going to influence their teaching strategies. So of course, they're going to go back to some of their effective strategies that we're using pre-pandemic. But I think that now there's a whole new skill set that educators have developed during this time. And they, quite honestly, kids have developed too, of how to take school in different, or to be a part of school in different ways, right? And so leaving the pandemic, we're going to have this whole new tool, tool set, this skill set with us, that hopefully we're going to be able to create something that's super powerful, that's even better in the long run. Yes. So that that's exactly what I tell everyone. We are lifelong learners. We are learning new skills we never would have had. We need to appreciate that. So thank you, Dave. That's amazing. I love your advice. And of course, you wrote this incredible book, Teach Like a Pirate. How else can my audience connect with you? What's the very best way for them to find you? Yeah, thanks, Tony. So the if you're a social media person, which hopefully you are, you can become a connected educator. If you're listening, make sure you become a connected educator. If you're on Twitter, I am at Burgess Dave. My name just flipped around to Burgess Dave. The hashtag people often use is TLAP for Teach Like a Pirate, TLAP. And if you are an Instagram person, you can find me at DBC underscore INC. DBC underscore INC. On Instagram, you're going to have to put up with not just education posts, but maybe a little bit of fitness and uh, some uh, posts about things like that too. But it's still maybe a little more personal on Instagram, but Twitter and Instagram, great places to connect. And I blog at DaveBurgess.com. I will leave all of that down in the show notes for this episode, Dave. I really appreciate you bringing your enthusiasm and your hope to teachers. You keep on doing what you're doing. You're making a difference. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you for sharing your work with the world and all the powerful strategies that you're coming up with and and, uh, spreading those to educators all over the place and also spreading and amplifying voices through your podcast. So I really appreciate what you're doing, Tony. Isn't Dave's energy just so contagious? I hope, teacher, that today we have brought you some energy to get through your week, to get through your year, and to really focus on student engagement. That is where the answers lie. Our students deserve those experiences of joy and happiness and memorable moments. If you want to learn more from Dave, be sure to pick up his book, Teach Like a Pirate, and just keep doing what you're doing. I know you would not be here if you didn't care so deeply for your students. I'm so proud of you for always wanting to do and learn more for your kids. It's so inspiring. You are exactly the kind of teacher we need over in our Primary Teacher Friends Facebook group. So if you've not joined, please take a moment, follow the link down in the show notes, and jump on board. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode, you don't know how much I would deeply, deeply appreciate you taking time to write a review. Oh, it helps me so much. It uplifts my spirit and it helps other teachers discover what I have to share. It's time for me to head out to another day of teaching. I'll hop off here, but until we meet again, go make a difference, teacher friend. (laughs) 